Well, of course I balance my news diet. Hello and welcome to episode number 214 of Grumpy Old Ben's for, what is this, Wednesday, March 8th, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where my drobo may be dead, but I'm still alive. And from America's left coast, where my AI podcaster prototype is nearly ready to replace me, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Well, I think that's already been done. You are uh, already are you talking an about AI. Gene? Yes. He's a very poorly coded AI. Yeah, so am I. Now, uh, the movie you were looking for was Armageddon from the uh, pre-show talk that everybody missed if they're not oh, live. Oh, yeah. I, it just Liv Tyler is easy to look at, but I I just cannot handle it. Even even her pseudo sex scene with all the clothes on can't handle it. Because her dad is singing the worst Aerosmith song ever in the background. And do you really want to be looking at a guy's daughter when that kind of stuff's going on? It's a little creepy, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and besides, it's a Michael Bay movie. Everything else about the movie is about stuff exploding. That's what I'm watching the movie to see. Oh, you Not want to explode watching Liv Tyler. Just saying. They are um, being, they are being deplatformed, though. I read that Disney is nixing the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster and oh. retheming it as a queen ride, which of course they would. What? Wait, wait, did Steven Tyler didn't accidentally say something really racist? Like it's okay to be white. Did he? No, he was even worse. Somebody again came out and said she was 16 when he was like 25 and they were doing it or something back in whatever year that would have been for yeah, Steven but that's Tyler what they did in the seventies. I know, but that's getting you canceled today. Disney's like, no, 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 we can't have that. Let's go get the gay guy banned because oh, the gay course. guy oh. never did anything bad at all. So we're, we're back to judging everything in the past by the morals of today, because the people doing the judging do not have the physical or mental capability to entertain a notion that they don't hold themselves. Exactly. Yeah. If you do not agree with us, we will cancel you. Even if you don't live in this particular generation. Yeah. <laughs> Era. Yeah. Decade century. You will be gone. So I had a couple of topics that I was going to bring up last week where we didn't have a show. Uh, but the first thing I'll ask is, are you okay? So far. So, so far. good. Um, I noticed that you did every other show that week. So obviously the problem was me. I didn't do random thoughts. I didn't do the, uh, the uh, unrelenting show, but oh. uh, I did planet rage. And then it so was, you relented. Yeah. Monday night was when that started. And overall I'm, I'm believing at this point, it's going to take a little more time to prove it out. But I believe that it was, the statin that I started taking in September, even though my cardiologist keeps saying, no, no, can't be the statin. No, no, can't be the statin. No, no, can't be the know, statin. From what you've described, that stuff is turning out to be bad news. Yeah, it seems that way because it got down, you know, that started Monday night by Thursday night, still had the 
rapidly beating heart. And my wife just coincidentally had a conversation with a coworker earlier in the day and statins came up and the woman's like, Oh, they put me on a statin. And I had a, my heart went nuts, like within a day. So I'm like, okay, well, this would lead me to believe that other people have maybe had similar problems. Yeah. Like everybody who crosses the Verrazano Narrows Bridge. It could be. And, you know, I went because I looked. Usually Sorry, when you look, might have been obscure. there's a lot of places you can go to look for side effects, you know, including the drug manufacturer site. You've got them there. I usually go to WebMD and I didn't see anything in regards to this kind of thing. But after getting that information, the wife did another search and that brought us to the Mayo Clinic website on the Ruvastatin, which is mm, Mayo. Yeah, I know. Everybody likes Mayo. And sure enough, one of the more rare side effects listed are heart palpitations, racing, all that kind of a thing. Racing? Racing. That's, I mean, <laughs> just sitting there and uh, it can go up. I pulled S- one. Side effects may include becoming a NASCAR driver. See, now that would be fun. You know, heart go, rather than, you know, heart going like 125 beats per minute. Yeah, that doesn't sound like as much fun. No. And I'm like, okay, you know what? Screw this. I don't care what the cardiologist says. I am not because it's a pill that you take at night. So I'm like, this is Thursday night. Not going to take it, which means my last dose would have been Wednesday, about 10 o'clock at night. By Friday morning, things were clearing up. By Friday evening, it was 100% gone. Saturday, gone. Sunday, gone. Monday, gone. Tuesday, gone. Today, so far, gone. We call that a correlation. Uh Uh-huh. Now, I think every now and then I kind of feel something, although I think at this point it might just be gas every now and then because it's at heart fluttering. And now I've become very, very uh, anxious about it. So the, that is the one good point, whether it's the Apple Watch or whatever device you may have to get a quick heart reading that I have not been able to catch even an extra beat in the last five days, which is a huge difference than what we had been getting for the weeks before, because even in the time where I was feeling okay and the heart wasn't in complete going crazy mode, there was an extra beat here and there, which I was just starting to believe, well, okay, maybe it's always been happening. And I, I just never really noticed. And I, I didn't have the ability to get a readout with us. I didn't have a device that did that. So you start believing, well, maybe this was just normal, but I'm starting to believe no, that that wasn't normal. And I'm starting to believe that the statins and I, I read, well, skimmed. I won't say I read every word, but one of these drug sites, maybe it was WebMD, lets people review the drugs. And we all know what online reviews can be. You don't put 100% of your trust in those, but there were like 700 reviews of the Ruvastatin on WebMD, I believe. And while there was about, you know, 20, 25% who were like, oh, dude, this is the best drug ever. Brought my cholesterol down, gave me a boner for 14 days in a row. This was the greatest thing, man. (laughs) There were a lot of people like this shit will kill you. Do not take this no matter what. Yeah, but let's be honest that that can go on almost any medication these days. Yes. Oh, I agree. (laughs) So you have to be well aware of the side effects. You have to be well aware of what. You're hoping to get out of taking it in a positive sense. Some people need it. I mean, you know, from experience, because you have a wife that has a condition that needs some medication. It's without it. Your life is horrible. I I know from experience, I have a wife and sometimes I need some medication. (laughs) Are those two things correlated as well? 
I, I'm, I'm, I, you know what? I'm drinking the fifth. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I had a mom that had both open heart and cancer and, you know, chemo without all this stuff. So, you know, I'm not one of these people that's like, you know, uh, screw big pharma. You should never take any drugs, but you have to be careful about taking something on the periphery. If you don't absolutely need to take something, you know, you got to stop being lazy at some point. If it's like, well, you know, you can either uh, take this drug or you could just go lose 20 pounds. You're way better off losing the 20 pounds. And well, not my, taking my recommendation drug. for for any drugs is uh, screw big pharma, but you might need them. But my advice has always been take responsibility for what you're putting into your body, whether that's food or drugs or whatever. Do your research. Find out what's going on. Learn at least as much about those particular drugs as your doctor, because the thing that will kill you the fastest is just blindly popping whatever pills somebody pushes at you. Right. Oh, no, and, there's no doubt. There was just I, I, the, the level of trust that we have in our medical establishment needs to go down a bit because they have not earned it. They are they are, in fact, violating it. And yes, there's a lot of people with medical conditions where drugs can help, but be aware of exactly what those drugs are doing and just just learn about everything you put in your mouth. Know what's going on. Oh, okay, yeah. I'll stop. After my mom's uh, cancer surgery had you know part of her colon removed, they gave her a prescription for a painkiller, which luckily she's tough and never really needed. But she was looking at the paperwork when she got home and the paperwork specifically says, you know, do not take if you have had open heart surgery. And she's like, well, I had that like four weeks ago, you know, and uh, this was obviously this was the normal thing they prescribed after this procedure, but nobody decided to check on, uh, you know, maybe yeah. you, you had something else recently. And but that's and, why you, you're that's, right. You got to be your own advocate. Well, and the, the one of the main reasons you have to is is yes, of course. And I, I can already see all of the people be like, well, the doctors studied for 12 years at college. Well, first of all, college means that you didn't learn shit, but. Yes, you're right. The doctors are generally much better and more knowledgeable about all kinds of things that you don't need to know about. But the number of things, you know, they still have a human brain. They still can only think of so many things at once. And the number of things they have on their mind is significantly higher. The only thing you have to know for sure, and I will tell you before you take a drug, you need to know this stuff. That's why, for example, they give you the small novella in the packaging right. that has the, the 0.02 point type it, because you need to know what's going on. The only thing you have to know is about the drugs you're taking. The doctor needs to know about every drug there is. That's a lot of information. They're going to overlook things. They're human until our new AI overlord doctors come in. At least right now, all the doctors are still mostly human. They'll forget something. They'll miss something. And it is still your responsibility, no matter how much the participation trophy generation has had this trained out of him. It is your responsibility to take response to, to right. be responsible for yourself. God. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times the doctor says, no, no, it's not that causing it. If you believe it is, then go to the mat to prove it one way or the other. Yeah. Find out, get more information. More information is the one thing that never killed anyone. And I looked and I looked and I looked and I did find a website like emedicine.net or something like that 
which analyzes and takes a bunch of different studies and puts them together. And when it came to this particular drug, they did list like they had on record 128,000, I think, something like that worth of side effects that people had reported out of those. It was like 0.91%. So less than 1% had heart palpitation, heart racing, that kind of thing associated with it. So I also understand doctors Which, are not going to know every weird little side effect. But when your patient keeps telling you, hey, dude, I think this yeah. may be the cause. It, it, it might. You know, I was about to say it's not their job, but it is, in fact, their job. But it's not their life. Right. It's yours. So you have more stake in this. Anyway. Yeah. And so as for now, and I really need to knock on wood every time because I feel in I'm like the guy in the, uh, you know, watching a baseball game who doesn't want to talk about the no hitter or the perfect game. It's like, I don't want to keep saying like, and now I'm yeah. five days in and it stopped. Yeah. You, you never want to make predictions like that until, until you're certain. Yeah. Give me a, give me a year or two and then I'll be like, ha ha, yeah. I was right. Or, you know, a lifetime or two. Yes. That's even better. When, when you make it to 93 years old, you can be like, yeah, that worked pretty well. Yeah, that was definitely the right <laughs> choice. So, I mean, that's the medical stuff is fun. It's interesting. I was I yeah. went to see the retinal doctor yesterday for my normal six month checkup. And, uh, you know, he the left eye, which is the good eye. I mean, we use that term. Good. Yeah, we use that term uh, differently than a lot of people may. Uh, but he was looking at the the right eye and there's a, a because it still has the oil in it because I don't have really any vision in that eye. So the oil never came out. There was no reason to bring it out. And he's like, well, there's a little bit of, uh, you know, scarring on the cornea, but that's way up in the side. This oil thing. I'm sorry. I can't let that go. That might need some explanation. Are you like, are are you putting WD 40 in there or are are we talking like olive oil or Crisco or it's a Silicon based oil, which will replace the fluid in your eye. So when they did, the so final, you actually oil up your eye. Yeah. The final retinal surgery in order to keep the retina where it is supposed to be rather than there are some. I mean, if you have uh, an easy surgery, if you will, they'll put a gas bubble in and the gas bubble is what then presses up against the retina, which is why you have to be face down. The gas bubble will press up against the retina to keep it in place while it heals for a more uh, harsh surgery where things are a little bit uh, worse off. That that wasn't harsh that for a lot of people that even that part is harsh. Yes. I, you just made my butthole clench a little bit. <laughs> a lot of people do. And this used to bother me. I told this story and random thoughts earlier today that when this retina stuff started, even like day one, hearing what they were going to do, I almost passed out. It was one of those, like I got to sit back and and take a breath and, and all of that. Now uh, I'm way beyond that because it's five surgeries in and it's like w- the worst has already happened. And, uh, you know, the vision's pretty much shot in that eye. Now, of course, if it happens in the other eye, then then it gets real. But they fill up the eye rather than the saline solution that's normally in your eye. They replace that with an oil solution. Now, if this so you, went, been, you went to the eye doctor to get an oil change, I see they have never done that because I haven't oh. needed it. And this oil's been in there since before Donald Trump was president. So, I mean, this oil's been in there a while. What I wasn't expecting was to hear from the retinal surgeon that they've started applying for the gene therapy group, things that are going on starting next year 
where he believes I could be a candidate. And he's like, they're doing really great stuff where they're obviously injecting, whether it's stem cells or anything that's derived from that into your eye, which again, I want the needle in the eye, baby. Give me the needle in the eye. That (laughs) I love it too. That's always my buddy, Jeff, when I told him about this and he has MS, so it's gone through a bunch of really bad shit. Once you start talking about needles in the eye, everybody has that same reaction. Oh, I've been, I've been (laughs) watching uh, all eight seasons of house MD. Right. uh, They've had like three or four episodes where they've actually done that. And I just like, I have to just hit the click fast forward, button. (laughs) don't even nope. Don't want to see that. Do that. We're not going there, but there is a possibility that, you know, as soon as maybe next year, that there may be treatments that can help because what I wound up with was because the surgeries, multiple surgeries were not good and they keep lasering and whatever they do to try to keep your eye to keep that retina attached, cause so much scarring on the retina that that's why all I see is black now for a majority of that. That's racist. I know I should be seeing a different color. No, it wouldn't Doesn't that make me diverse and loving because I'm seeing black no matter what. It depends on who you ask. That's true. But I guess they're getting to the point to where they can perhaps regenerate, regrow, revitalize that kind of tissue, which if so, will be a really cool thing. Uh, if it works. Yes. And as long as my heart doesn't explode before yeah. the whole yeah. procedure. It does, so. but doesn't make your, your heart explode or you grow a new one. Right. Well, a new heart would be great if people just when had they those. Suggested, when, when they suggested gene therapy, were you like, oh, I already get that every Friday? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, I've been trying to get off that for weeks now. Gene therapy is dangerous and should always come with a Surgeon General's warning. Yes. So, yeah, so, that's the fun part. That's what's been going on in the medical field. And I'm hoping that uh, I'm hoping we've reached the point that the heart issues can steadily just get better and not have to worry about any of that for a while, but we'll see. We'll see. So one of the other topics that I uh, had wanted to ask you about, because I, I'd love your opinion on this was uh, I have written down Beetlejuice got primaried. <laughs> yeah, she lost. <laughs> so I, I did not actually read any articles about that. All I saw was the memes and the memes were delicious, but what happened there? <laughs> Chicago finally got fed up, which is interesting. Although the two people that beat her, because I think she and, was third on the list. And you're not specifically in Chicago, so you weren't no. involved in this. No, I do not vote. I am outside of Crook County. That was the first thing I did. I got married. I got out of Crook County. Good call. But with that said, she, uh, because of the way they do the voting, there were a bunch of people on the ballot. And this is your usual, nobody got over 50% of the vote, so we have to go into another runoff situation, but she finished at least third, I believe third. No, I want to say it was third. And the two people that beat her is one, a white guy named Paul Vallis, who is relatively sane. And then there is a black dude, and I totally am blanking on his name, but he is one of these that is completely socialist who doesn't want any police wants to defund all of that thinks this would all be a great idea so the vote is really going to come down in chicago to sanity or insanity and if insanity wins i would highly recommend everybody get the hell out of dodge as quick as they can i think almost everybody 
who is able to think for themselves have already got out of Chicago, Probably. which is how you ended up with mayors like Beetlejuice. Uh-huh. And it's like, I don't know who you think you're helping by letting crime run rampant. It's like, there's not a socioeconomic group that is like, I love crime. You know, it, it hurts there, everybody. There, there is, in fact, uh, they're called the Democrat Party. That's well, yeah, but they're uh, they're a little different. They're, they're, they're called politicians and they benefit from things going bad because they use that to manipulate the people who are the victims of the crime. Things go bad and they're like, use this to get me more votes. Well, that didn't work for for Larry Lightfoot. I, I guess not. Or, or well, no, I think it sounds like what her problem was is that they found somebody even more insane, but slightly human looking. Maybe that could be it. Which, of course, the the answer for uh, Ms. Lightfoot was the city is homophobic and racist, even though she was elected in the last cycle. So I, I, don't I know. understand. Yeah, I don't I don't quite get that. That was like how America became a more racist country after electing Barack Obama. I just don't understand the logic well, there. Because electing non-Democrats is, in fact, what makes somebody racist. Oh, that's, that's my understanding. So, and of course, now the, the people that are going after the white guy running for mayor, Vallis, well, of course, you're racist. You're, you're just a white supremacist if you vote for that guy. And he's oh, yeah. a Democrat. Expect, expect a huge Emmanuel funded smear campaign coming up now. Which is why you're going to get the same thing for everybody. And I'm sure we have beaten this to death on the grumpy old men's here, even with the presidential primary coming up for anybody that thinks, oh, if Donald Trump just stays out of it, then the, the, the Republicans <laughs> will have a much better chance. It's like, no, whoever the Republicans run is going to be Satan. You watch. I absolutely. And, you know. Let's put aside the fact that we know damn well Trump does not have the ability to stay out of it. He's got his own opinions. And whether you like him or not, he's going to butt in and he's going to make press because he's entertaining and the media cannot shut the hell up about him. Right. But the people who think that Trump is the problem on the other side are missing the point so badly that it's going to come back to burn them. Because it's not Trump that's driving the, you know, the, the people, who, the, the Lutfas who are, who want government to stop screwing them. They want the, the teachers in schools to stop making their kids transgendered racist. They want people to stop, just like quit making everything woke. And the people who are like, well, all of those horrible far right middle-aged people who just want to get on with their lives or middle-class are all Trumpian, totally missing the point. And if, and when Trump finally gets out of the picture, they're going to be horribly surprised that funny, there's still people out there who stick to Christian values and want to raise their family and would really, really prefer that you not smear everything with your wokeness. Yeah. I mean, I think what do I know? Even, uh, and I haven't seen the whole special. I have to watch it. The Chris Rock, the new special that came out. Bill O'Reilly had a clip, believe it or not, that was like a minute and a half just going after safe spaces and all of the concept that, you know, these woke universities have been using. So I will applaud Chris Rock for being one of the first people out there, along with uh, Dave Chappelle, who are like, this stuff's got to stop, you know. <laughs> The number of people who, uh, you know, even 
three years ago, I would have looked at and said, yeah, they're hopelessly on the Hollywood side who are suddenly kind of starting to look around and self red pilling, which is and, good. It's healthy. I mean, the, the one that still surprises me the most is Bill Maher, who right. is, is still uh, probably because his job and income depend on it. He is still very much solidly in the liberal Democrat camp, whatever that means. Yeah. But is absolutely, I mean, at this point, he despises the progressives so much who are taking over the party to the point where we're going to see him announce he's independent pretty soon. Which is which CNN hiring him to do a sh- weekly show is interesting because I think CNN is under new leadership at this point. And so maybe they are actually trying to move away from the the ultra left that they have been. MSNBC is you mean still trying there. not to go bankrupt. Yeah, well, that's true, too, because <laughs> they're like, you know, wait, nobody's watching anymore. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> When you this, look at the numbers, this weird grumpy old Ben's show has more viewership than CNN. What, what are we doing wrong? It's just sad, which is really sad, but it, it's not that much of a stretch to say that because people are jumping off in droves. Uh, it does scare me, though, that people are getting their news from places like TikTok. That, I will say, scares yeah, get me. Get your news from grumpy old Ben's. Yes, it's way better. It is way better because the social media, you're, you're always going to be led down a path and we've figured that one out a long time ago which is social media it's a very simple strategy they need in order to make money any of these it doesn't matter who it is tiktok facebag instagram twitter they all need to keep you engaged they need to keep you reading or watching or doing whatever you do on their site they need to keep your attention and the way to keep people's attention is not to tell them everything's okay if you went on to tiktok and it was like hey everything's sunshine and roses kitties nothing to worry about today you'd feel good and you'd go out and do something else yeah the human brain if everything's good then you look around for something to do if if fear has a way of focusing your attention yes you have to be afraid you have to be angry those two things will keep you watching and then they might actually if you're on something where you're gonna be a Uh, Somebody that will actually upload some content as well, whether that's a tweet or um, Instagram, whatever, then you get involved in the conversation. Then you get into an argument with somebody else and that goes on. And we know nobody ever learns anything from those arguments. But what does it do? It keeps people engaged and making the social media companies money. So as long as we're being horribly racist, I had one other thing that I had wanted to bring up last week. And actually, I think this, this story might be over, but I'd written it down. Two words. Scott Adams. (laughs) He is uh, an interesting fellow. So a couple things going on. One is, you know, he, he suddenly started getting canceled all over the place, which set the machines on both sides into motion. The, you know, the people on the left saying, you know, racist, horrible person. And the people on the right saying, look at what the progressives are doing, canceling Scott Adams. They're killing Dilbert. And uh, I, I don't know the, the new, so the new, what he said, by the way, um, I, I don't know if you have a better summary than me, but my, my understanding, I didn't watch his video because I don't, was he made the frankly very rational argument that, uh, you know, starting from a statistic of more than 50 percent, I think, of black people in some poll disagreed with the statement, it's OK to be white. Yeah, it was like. Uh- was like 25 percent 
disagreed and like 20% didn't know. So he added those up together and was like, well, that's like 45% who are saying it's, I can't say that it's okay to be white. Cause if you say you don't know if you can agree with that statement, then you're probably not agreeing, but he did take a little Liberty with that. And I understand what he's doing. I think one, he wanted to be canceled. Well, we we can get to the uh, Dvorak's theory that he's playing the long game because that one actually fascinates me even more. Uh, but uh, so my understanding of what Adams actually did was he took the study, which his conclusion was, and and it's a reasonable one. Um, there are a lot of black people out there who genuinely think that whiteness is badness and that you are evil because of your skin color, which by the way is the classic definition of racism. It's still the definition as long as you ignore Merriam Webster who right. changes definitions. All well, the and time. I believe that was part of this. The same poll asked if black people can be racist and overwhelmingly black people said, hell yeah, we can be racist, which I thought that was interesting. So his conclusion was, if you are white and you live near black people, you should leave for your own safety or something to that effect. Is that that sound about right? Yes. It, which is a frankly in an age where and if we get off of going to black people and white people and let's just go to uh, progressives are the ones pushing the racial divide. It, we, it, it, I think racism hit the lowest it's ever been in at least in America. In probably the 90s, I very much remember growing up, there were, I was in a little bit of a hick school, so there weren't a lot of multiracial people in my school, but there were, a, you know, quite a few Asians, quite a few black people, you know, dozens amongst a thousand people in the school, but nobody cared. Nobody cared about skin color. They were people. Right. We were, we were giving people shit and bullying and doing all the things that people used to do before zero tolerance. Regardless of skin color, skin color wasn't even part of it. it was like, you're a nerd because you wear glasses and therefore I'm going to stuff you in a locker. It doesn't matter if you're black, white or whatever. That was uh, racism. I feel like racism hit a low. And then somewhere along the line, uh, cultural Marxism and critical race theory came along and people were like, no, no, we absolutely must stoke racism and make it make people more racist. And they came out with this idea that that, you know, black people are are not uh they're not victims of their own circumstances. They are victims of white people. And therefore you need to hate white people and, and pushing rate. And this has reached a point where we now have polls that say there are a lot of people out there who will hate you because of your skin color, right? Which is racism. Yes. And he called them a hate group, which he did make sense as well. And I, I mean the, the people who believe this, yes, probably hate blacks in general. I'm not willing to go that far. But Adams's argument was completely rational. And the problem, and this is the root problem with CRT in general and, and progressivism division, is it very rationally incentivizes racial discrimination. Yes. It very, the, the absolutely rational conclusion is if all of the institutions are going to, if, if we're, pushing people to hate white people, to, uh, you know, harm white people, to discriminate against white people, which is the agenda that's being pushed, then the rational conclusion is 
you know, if I'm say looking for a doctor, I want the best doctor I can have. If I have no information other than their skin color, then I know that the bar for entry into medical school was lower for black people than white. Then the rational decision is I would prefer a white doctor. Now, that may not be the moral decision. I'm not making a moral argument on this, but the rational conclusion to affirmative action policies is racism. And that's the point that Adam may Adams made and everybody lost their freaking minds. Yeah. Cause I think he was trying to get across that. We should stop putting everybody into a category and treat everybody individually. And we know that's not happening right now. No, but it should. I agree yes. with him on that. And it was funny because, well, there's a few different things. One, the way this, has been covered and i saw a clip from saturday night live they of course spoofed dilbert talked about this on their weekend update which is their little pretend news thing and i haven't watched snl in years so i i as, unfortunately as to wait how many saturday night lives don't happen on the weekend well you know it depends this was the one that just happened though where the guy that is i guess doing the weekend update thing. These, I mean, I go back, I remember when it was Norm McDonald or uh, Dennis Miller. So, I mean, those are the SNLs I go back to. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. There's a, a black comedian that is, of course, doing the, uh, the the desk, that he's the main anchor. And he says what Scott Adams says, you know, as he's reporting it. And then he kind of cocks his head and he's like, is he wrong? And then he everybody laughs and he put, then goes, well, that's what it says on the card. Like, uh, I didn't want to, you know, I don't know if that was also scripted or if he was just uncomfortable saying that because, you know, he may be canceled for possibly saying that. But this was exactly how multiple black conservative guys on YouTube. There was one the guy's name was Officer Tatum. I forget the other guy's name that maybe there was one that was just like the black conservative covering this. You know, said what Scott Adams said, and he's like, but he's right. You know, this is the problem here that you're going to say the guy's racist, but he's pointing out facts. He's basically almost quoted, I guess, Don Lemon 100% when Don Lemon talked about leaving a black neighborhood to go live in a more white neighborhood to get away from the crime. So it's like, if Don Lemon says it, it's okay. If Scott Adams says it, well, then you're a racist for saying that. So I get what Scott Adams, I believe, was trying to get across is that you can't even make a logical, truthful point now because you're going to be bushwhacked as a racist, just like Don Lemon saying something about Nikki Haley got him to be labeled a sexist. You can't. Oh, my God. You're a man saying something about a woman or you're a white guy saying something about a black guy. This is insanity to what we've gotten to. And I think that's the long game. With Scott Adams. I think that's what he was pointing out. But uh, it looks like Bemrose was so hot. He disconnected from clean feet. I wonder what happened there. He is reconnecting. And we'll see if the overlords are just trying to. To keep the voice of Bemrose. Off of. Off of the airwaves. It wouldn't be the first time. It would not be the first time. Bemrose was silenced. He says connecting. What browser are you using? Are you using a good browser? Are you using Brave? That doesn't work anymore. Are you using Edge? Maybe. Come on, just do it. Just download the full Chrome so Google can spy on you. But you'll be guaranteed 
some of the best audio quality you can possibly have for this, the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast. His head is gone again. I bet you he'll try reconnecting here. This is a play-by-play of what happens when you do a show live. This is what happens when everybody gets together and starts getting real. It is the real world. It's a whole new version. Remember that show from MTV? It was like good for like one season, and then it ruined reality television for like ever and ever. It just says connecting. Maybe I'll try refreshing my window as well just to make sure that it's not me. But this is really what everybody wants to tune in for. It's Grumpy Old Ben's with Ryan Bemrose muted so everybody can enjoy only the dulcet tones of my voice. Oh, there you are. Welcome back. I well, now I'm on Firefox. Woo. Uh, By the way, Chrome, uh, the the Chromium that I use is, in fact, Chrome. (laughs) That's not the problem. The problem is, uh, well, the problem is the Internet. So fuck the Internet. Thank you. That'll do it. Thank you very much. But that was my rant on what I think Scott Adams was trying to get across. And I I agree. It was an excellent rant. And I I would have loved it if I'd heard it. Yes. Well, it's that you can't if you're a man like Don Lemon, you can't say anything about a woman because then you're a sexist. If you're a white guy, you can't say anything about a black guy because then you're, you're racist. This is the insanity that we have gotten to, even though. Scott Adams basically echoed the words of Don Lemon about moving to a better neighborhood to get to less crime. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're, if you're black and trying to move away from whites, then that's brave and and virtuous. And yes, well, there was the, one of the one, and I don't remember which one it was because I've watched a few of them, but the black conservative guy, one of them on YouTube was like, well, where do you think LeBron lives? Do you think he lives in the hood? Where do all these, you know, if you're a black guy and you've got millions or billions of dollars, do you live in the hood? No. Why is that? <laughs> no. No, you you live uh with a a private coastal home in Hawaii. Yes. Far away if, from anybody. Forget if they're if, white, if you're black, black or anything. To be president. Yeah, well, if you're that, then you got walls up that are bigger than the ones on the border between Mexico and the United States. I wanted to briefly complain about my browser. Uh well, not my browser per se, but a browser but- a browser. Uh, I, I was looking up. I just total side thing. Uh, I don't know if we were done with Scott Adams or not. I mean, I think that's mainly that. I believe he wanted the attention. I believe that what he was doing here was trying to make a point, but I don't think it's a point. Sadly, that is going to get through to anybody that it would actually help. I think well, the no, people used- that are going to understand what he was doing are the ones that already agree with him. Yeah, he used logic and reason, which the people that he's arguing against are impervious to. Yes, they're just going to go scream to the sky. And Dvorak still thinks that he's playing the long game, that he has some uh, ultimate goal in mind. I'm not really sure what that is, but I. Well, I think it may be to prove everybody. And then all you have to do is take his words, which he put out there. And I do think that scott adams is somebody that knows what he's doing to the point where i don't think he started that live stream up and accidentally said a word i think he knew what he was going to do he knew that his words were going to be dissected and it was 
by almost everybody. I will give credit. There was a channel on YouTube with two like middle-aged black women. And the one that said, you know what, before I even start commenting on this, I will say I went through and watched the whole hour and 45 minutes of what he said, because I don't believe anybody that's just quoting something on a 30 second clip or minute clip, whatever it was, because you miss a lot of context. If you take something out of context where almost nobody did that. But I think what Scott Adams can do now is take all of the mainstream media and all the talking heads who responded to what he said, calling him a horrible racist for saying X, Y, and Z. And he's probably got in the chamber, Barack Obama saying exactly that Don Lemon saying exactly that a variety of black people saying exactly what he said. So then he'd be like, well, if that's racist, what about this? See, I would not be surprised if he does that. It is a, a clever trick and it will not work. Well, of course it, it won't work because people will still be, yeah, but you're white, you're white. Yeah, it, it won't work because in the minds of the people he's arguing against, it's perfectly okay for somebody whose skin color is dark to say that. But if their skin color is paler than a particular threshold, then they're evil. And therefore, in that context, everything they say is bad. And right. that, that's just how they work. And that's never going to change. And that's yeah. exactly what he pointed out, which is this is why you have to get away from the people that intentionally want to do you harm. And, and that he said to the people who are on the other side, who are still capable of thinking, and that message might actually go through, even though it will contribute to white flight, which is racist. But, right. uh, you know, at what point are you like, well, I can't stand here and take this abuse anymore. Yes. Well, that's exactly it. And what point do you just go? Sanity needs to come back and people need to be treated on the basis of what they do and who they are, not the color of their skin. They're the guy. Well, what show was he in? Uh, Ibiza or something. Ibiza. Uh, he's a black actor. Really? I think he was in the, uh, the wire. I could be wrong, I don't know. but he just recently came out and he's like, I'm tired of being called a black actor. I'm an actor. <laughs> I can imagine. You know, and people are like, well, what do you mean? It's like, oh, he's just like, I, this is not how I identify myself. He's like, I did not get into acting to check a diversity box for somebody. I thought I was good at it and I want to be treated as an equal. And you don't well, Hollywood's get that. not where you want to be. Right. You want to get the hell out of Hollywood. No question about I, it. But it's I, like, I this mean, is this is more sanity that we need to come out to be like, stop saying black actors. Stop saying, you know, it's like, let's just stop categorizing people based upon the amount of uh, pigmentation in their skin. It, it kind of reminds me of when Morgan Freeman was explaining why he doesn't like black history month. He said, why, why do we, why do we need a month? And the, you know, the commenter says, well, how do you, how do you stop racism? Then he says, stop talking about it. And I think it was Don Lemon talking to him. Was it? I think it was. <laughs> I don't know. Because I think Morgan Freeman evenly then said, you've done pretty well for yourself. I've done pretty yeah. well for myself. We're both black guys in America. So what's, you know, why are people telling you that you can't be successful? Okay. So I have to complain about a browser just briefly. Uh, I was looking for a mobile browser for my phone because I did not want Chrome and I did not want the Samsung one. 
And uh, I looked up a bunch of suggestions and one that somebody sent me was a suggestion for a browser called Bromite. Uh, B-R-O-M-I-T-E. I've not heard and of that one. I, I hadn't either, but I went ahead and looked it up. It's a, it's a Chrome alternative. And so I haven't installed this one, but I just dropped the link to it in, uh, in the troll room. Um, it took me after clicking on that link precisely three seconds to determine that the author is an abject moron and I don't want this browser. <laughs> oh, Would you like go. to guess why? I got to see this. Okay. Uh, Bromite <laughs> is a chromium fork with ad blocking and privacy yeah. enhancements. Take back your browser. Let's see. Yeah, you're, you oh, have to click into GitHub. Yeah, I got to I got to scroll down a little to see Russia has invaded Ukraine. Yes, it's he's put it. It's right at the top of the right at the top of the readme for this browser. Russia has invaded Ukraine and killed tens of thousands of civilians citation needed with many more raped and tortured citation needed. The death toll keeps climbing. It's a genocide citation needed. We need your help. Let's fight back against the Russian regime. Click here to help Ukraine now. Well, now I was going to say his sentence doesn't really make it clear which side he's on. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> might, he want more. He may want more raping, torturing yeah, and genocide. <laughs> well, Maybe. So uh, I, I have determined and, and, you know, I might if if a, a random bug appears on this uh, on this repository, it might be me. But I have determined, oh, first of all, not going to take sides specifically on uh, a you know, dollar side foreign war of the week. But. The very fact that this person felt compelled to put that at the very top of his readme for a browser in GitHub tells me, uh, you know, first of all, it suggests probably which side they're on, but I don't even care. It tells me they are incapable of compartmentalizing that this person is an activist, that this person does not understand that the requirements of a browser do not overlap the political cause of the week that your uh, sociology professor told you. Um, and tells me it's it's a big giant warning label that says this person probably also put political activism into other parts of the browser and i don't want that code anywhere near so i'm sure that the author of this fork does not give a crap what i think and does not even give a crap whether or not people install but any rational person should see something like that and go i can't trust this browser i don't know what other Ukraine propaganda or activist bullshit that was put into the app. It's kind of like back when, but uh, you know, Tusky, the Mastodon app decided that they wanted to put their activism in and ban certain instances of Mastodon from even being logged into uh, it's any time. And, and I only, by the way, see this from one side. I never see uh, somebody far right wing creating an open source project and smearing their political dick all over it. That's what's happening here. You are creating software, which really should be independent and orthogonal to politics. And you are rubbing your political genitals all over the software. What makes you think anybody, any sane person would ever want to do that? the only people who can even remotely be attracted to this crap is people who already agree with you. And they're already pretty freaking bad judges of software. Yeah. And okay. when it comes down to it, 
He's got a Patreon, which is like 14 people on it. He has his <laughs> crypto addresses. If you get money in, feel free to donate it to whoever you want to. But making this a uh, political rally cry. Yeah, I and I don't I'm with you. I don't care what side somebody's on with this stuff. Just do your job. Yeah, I, I, I honestly completely orthogonal to which side you've decided to take. If if somebody is out there screaming, go Russia, go Russia. Or somebody who, you know, screams, you know, go Poland or go Ukraine. I don't care who it is. I don't give a crap what side you've taken. If if you're building a browser and you want me to install it on my device, then nothing about that belongs in the code. Yeah, try to just do the best possible coding that you can. I did, in fact, do a quick search for the word Ukraine on the code. And there is uh, at least one place where one of the default suggested sites is a a pro Ukraine donation page. So yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea if this browser is any good, but I can tell you, I don't trust the author. You're going to be coding that right on in, but that's okay. It's the world we live in though. Everything is politicized. It was, it was just a small point that kind of entered my head about the time that I was bitching and complaining about the browser dumping me out of my podcast. You know how it is trying to find a browser that'll actually work. That'll do the job that won't spy on you. Yeah. I'm not sure those exist anymore, but I keep trying. It's multi-level. I think at this point you need a browser and I think brave does a decent job, but there are others to try to obfuscate you with the advertisers. But I think you have to roll that into you a, put the Ixnay on Brave for clean feed, though. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, it doesn't want to work with that. There's, you know, other things that you do on the web. So, I mean, I get it. I mean, and I don't even really complain too much with clean feed. Although what I will suggest to clean feed is maybe if you have to have a very specific browser for your software to work, also provide an exe or a way for somebody to run it without that browser that would How also weird would that be to i know just well, have a you know, distribute an app yes <laughs> it just here's a simple little app and the, the app could be a stripped down piece of chrome that all it does is connects to clean feed but doesn't have all the rest of that crap and then everybody's happy and if it connects to clean feed and doesn't connect to google i'll use it yeah that would make sense and it wouldn't issue it, sh- it really shouldn't be that hard like i don't know what you're getting from the browser end that you really really need that you can't just have a direct app to do it or i mean i still call them programs i know that's old i know well it's it's called an app because it comes it originally came from the app store which i only figured out years later that the app store was so named because of its attachment to apple the only reason i learned is because apple sued somebody else who decided to create an app store so they add that would make sense they they chose it because they're like well it's a bunch of applications no it sounds like apple that i could see that that was it apple actually i don't remember who it was apple sued somebody years later in like oh oh nine 2010 something like that apple sued somebody who was creating an app store because they said they had a trademark on the word app because it was similar to apple deceptive advertising no i tell you that can't be although there was a thing uh, i saw the other day and i don't even have a link for this one here but a lot of people are complaining about 
the new Xfinity advertising because they're calling it 10G, which <laughs> would lead everybody to believe that it's like, where's my 10 gig, man? 1G. I know what 1G is. Where's my 10G? I wouldn't mind 10 gig from Xfinity. I but know no, this is this is marketing. Yeah. If they had 10 gig uh, channels, I'd be all in on that. It's just as much marketing as T-Mobile having said that they've had 5G for three years. Right. But that's what people are pointing out. It's like what people call G in the broadband world, in the wired world from your cable company, totally different than what people consider yeah. when they talk about the wireless stuff. Yeah. How, how many G's are coming through my coaxial cable? Uh-huh. <laughs> and this is what I mean, although I believe it's in the works because I have been reading articles about this over the past few months that Comcast is getting closer to having multiple gig in both directions up and down, which is something that is long needed when it oh, comes yeah. to the high speed internet world. And most people, I guess, don't care if what you mainly do is stream Hulu or Netflix or YouTube. You don't care yeah. about the upload, but for people like us who want to do shows and upload Hulu. high quality audio or video, you need that or seed torrents. Yeah. Well, seeding Just torrents theoretically. Well, and if you're doing, if you have a YouTube channel where you do 4K video, do you know what size those motherfucking videos are? Um, well, I, a completely novice guess would be about 4K. Yeah, they're big. It or takes, maybe they're bigger than that. It takes a long time for them to be uh, uploaded. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that for people that are content creators. It's like, well, it's going to take three days for your uh, half hour video to be uploaded. That's That's inconvenient. We live in a world we want everything now. And I never understood, besides the fact that cable companies maybe are greedy bastards who didn't have to put the work in because most people didn't want it. I would oh, think do. the technology to get things in one direction wouldn't be that different from the other direction. Meaning, how hard is it to get that kind of speed from your modem to the mothership? Well, it's it's never been about the technology. It's always been about co corporate policies. And we could do three more shows on how a combination of corporate greed and regulatory capture have completely hamstrung the advancement of broadband in the United States. But I don't know if I want to do that right now. It's depressing. Well, it that's is. all the stuff now with where the broadband maps are still not right. And all of this, we're subsidizing people because broadband is a universal right. I don't know. The things are getting a little crazy. A little bit. Or a lot crazy. So how do you feel about doing a tech news story or a tech story? Don't we do that all the time? I, I don't know. Everything we've done so far is politics. Mixed with eh. a little tech. Well, why change it? Uh, oh, here's one. Uh, activist group suggests IRS will audit more white people. Fox runs with it. <laughs> Which was, was it true? Well, that wasn't the, well, what I just said, I think was true. That wasn't the, the Fox news article that I pulled this from. IRS accused of using racial equity audits targeting white Asian taxpayers or white and Asian, I guess. Um, and there is a grain to this. And that was uh, a, a Biden administration executive order, which uh, for, uh, ordered all federal agencies to create a, an equity action plan to help address the, uh, problems of impacted communities effectively. And it says exactly what you'd expect. It says uh, we need to every 
federal agency needs to implement affirmative action is kind of what, or, or come up with a plan to implement it. Um, it calls on federal agencies to build agency equity teams and to create senior leadership positions that will be held accountable for carrying out this order. Um, as expected, uh, that executive order, it's unconstitutional. It violates the 14th Amendment Equal Attention Protection Clause, yada, yada. We've seen this before. Pretty much everything that the Democrats do these days is violates the Equal Protection Clause one way or another because they're trying to address racism by being racist. Right. Because by default, when you say, oh, you need a racial equity uh, plan, well, you shouldn't. The FBI, the IRS, none of these government agencies should even care what your ethnicity is. But I had to bring it up because this specific article from Fox News just felt really slanted. Uh, well, yeah, because they are a, a, an activist organization uh, on uh, a conservative activist organization called the America First Legal Foundation submitted a FOIA to the IRS asking for information about their plans, <laughs> which right there, that's that's baiting language, uh, their plans to alter their audit algorithms to target white asian and or mixed race taxpayers so already what you have the the irs has not made any statement whatsoever they are going to be expected by the biden administration to create some kind of racism board in response to this executive order but they haven't said anything they're doing but this america first legal foundation submitted a foia request saying what are your plans to target white people in audits. And then Fox news jumped on that, stirred the pot and screamed, Oh, we're, you know, we're going to, or the IRS is going to audit white people only or something like that. And it just, I only had to bring it up. It's not, there's not much in the news here. I had to bring it up because it disgusted me so much and it was coming from the other direction. And because so in that the interest is what, of equity, I had, oh. yeah, well, this is, um, unfortunately the world that we live in now, and I don't expect anything different. This is why getting news is very, very difficult because you look at what Fox News does and you're like, I don't want to trust you. I don't want to put my faith in you. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that they're held up as the one thing that can balance all of the the monolith that is yes. every other news station anywhere. Yes, literally. Network leftists, right? ABC, NBC, CBS, which includes MSNBC, and then you add CNN. All of that is leftist, but then they go, "Oh, but and Fox think, is too far to the right." Yeah, and you think, "Oh, well, I need something that counterbalances the leftist." And and I guarantee there are a lot of people out there who are like, "Well, of course I balance my news diet. I watch NBC, MSNBC, and Fox." <laughs> and then Fox pulls crap like this, and you're like, "They're lying sacks of shit too." Yes. Yeah. Anyway, I there, there, don't, I don't think there's any question about that. We live in a time where the news media just cannot be trusted no matter which side of the aisle that they're on because it's a business to do nothing but enrage. This is where we talked about social media. Their goal was to piss people off and that would way you keep their eyeballs, you keep them engaged. When it comes to the mainstream media, it's kind of twofold. One, you want to piss people off, but you also want to give them the confirmation bias, which means you can't go on to MSNBC and say, oh, Hunter Biden's a criminal and Joe Biden. Oh, he may have made a, a big, big mistake here and he should be in jail because of what he did. 
no, you can't go against the narrative at all. No, you don't want to do anything that causes cognitive dissonance because the next step after suffering cognitive dissonance is trying to reevaluate what you're doing, which is the last thing you want if you've captured somebody into your broadcast. Yeah, they're like, please don't start thinking about, do not start thinking about what we're doing here. Yeah. That, that can only lead to bad things. If you start fact checking, no. But when you start looking at that, if there is any kind of truth to the fact that the IRS is like, you know, there's uh, way too many people that there's, there's not enough white people getting audited. Like, well, how about you just audit the people where the numbers don't match? This is the same concept to where we are making it easier for criminals because they're like, you know, way too, way too high of a percentage of criminals in Chicago are black. Well, we have to do something about those numbers. So let's just stop arresting black people. Oh, uh, a little bit older story, but uh, San Francisco, uh, they decided that they were going to stop publishing photos and uh, attach their crime reports. Wait, because you can't have your mug shots anymore. They stopped publishing mug shots. And the reason is that they gave was, well, if we do this, then people might it might make people think racist thoughts because they might look at the mug shots and think that black people are criminals. <laughs> well, who's causing who's doing the crime? <laughs> right. So it's racist to show the person that you arrested for a crime because they fit into a certain demographic. Yeah, group. I guess so. That <laughs> Omega project says they ran out of black ink. Maybe. And you know, I understand there's the racist ilk online because it's usually Fox or maybe one of them where they allow people to comment. And I question why you would let anybody comment on a news story, but I digress. There's a lot of them. When stories come out, you hear people making racist comments like, I'd like to solve this puzzle, please, because they're referring to, of course, it's going to be a black person that is committing the crime. And I think that is <laughs> a little bit racist. There's no question about it. But you're also following along. If you look at the statistics in the Chicago area and go, wow, whatever percent of arrests are black. Well, and you know what percentage are living in the city. Well, this is a higher percentage than. Would no, you know, we're not going to have an equal amount, but it's again, because you're not treating people by their character. We are not treating people by what they do. We are now wanting to treat them as nothing but part of a group, which is why if you're the IRS and you're like, wow, we really need to uh, look at doing an audit of more Asian people or of more Mexican people or whatever. And, and what you said right there. Treating people as part of a group instead of an individual, that is the root of every single injustice in this space. And the nefarious part is all of this reparations bullshit and all of that is to get otherwise probably rational thinking people to go, oh, I'm part of that group. I'm part of that group. Sure. Appealing to greed is always nice. Yeah. I mean, I would take the money, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, Irish. I mean, if if they did decide. To come out and and decide that, uh, you know, we need to provide reparations for the underserved demographic of Bemrose Americans. I'd be like, OK, yeah, where's my money? I'll take it. I'll take I'm that not check. stupid. I'll take money. Hey, still think it's wrong. I'm Irish, man, which means the government of Great Britain now owes me some cash. I need some money from the crown, baby. They mistreated my forefathers. Well, okay, let's. 
I want to make a distinction. You would totally take the cash if they gave it to you, but they don't owe it to you. Probably. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, not unless you, then you would have to, you know, I would have to be admitting that all of this reparation stuff makes sense. Having people today pay off for what generations previous did. No, that's not the way the world works. Stop no. it already. No, people, uh, people who were never slaves having their money stolen from them by uh, and given to people or sorry, people who were never slave owners, having their money stolen and given to people who were never slaves. How is that just? Where is the justice? It fixes everything somehow. No, no, it doesn't. I don't know how, but they said it does. So it it must. It must. Uh, Okay. Enough racism. I do actually have a real tech story. Oh, sort of. Uh, It actually doesn't have anything to do with real tech, but it has to do with a patent. Ooh. And you know how much I love intellectual property. You love Uh, copyrights, patents, trademarks, all of those. They're right in your wheelhouse. This one. This one you may have heard about because it definitely hit a bunch of stories. Lots of people, again, shrieking, uh, awarded to Ford. Uh, the patent is titled Systems and Methods to Repossess a Vehicle. Yes. Well, if you're going to have a self-driving car, you may as well drive them right back to the dealership. <laughs> this patent was filed on the 21st of August. It was of 2021. Uh, it was granted last month on the 23rd of February, granted by the patent office. And I, I must hate myself, but I actually read this one. I just read the whole patent. It did. Uh, it was 17 pages of text that was absolutely freaking awful. Um, As patents are did, want to be. It, it reminded me, for example, of why I abhor reading patents. Um, I've used to have to do it. Uh, we, you know, as it, it was, well, was that a cat? No, oh, I know there's a, street sweeper truck that's gone by about four times behind me right now Uh oh i don't know what's going on it could be the feds uh, the, man the windows are shut it's not supposed to be coming in are there big antennas but, on top of the truck are their windows blacked out so i i just a, a quick note uh, one thing that i i remember definitely from my time in an evil corporation was uh when we were there engineers people like if you are not actually filing your own patents at the major corporation, we were specifically told never read a patent. Really? And the reason that we were told this is if you infringe a patent, like if you write code that somebody determines is there, uh, there are rules in the patent law that says you can triple your damage if they can somehow demonstrate that you knew you were infringing. Right. Right. It was company policy. At, you know, unnamed major corporation that I used to be a cog in. It was company policy that engineers never read patents. So even if you do happen to infringe one, you don't know it and they can't triple the damages. Well, this is the same thing why a lot of music artists will not take unrequested submissions because it's the same thing. Like I sent you my song and then you wrote a song a year later that sounds exactly like my song. Yeah, same thing. It's like. I have, you know, I have a policy that makes it so that I can't possibly do this knowingly, which means it was an accident. Okay. I mean, if, if you infringe a patent by accident, then you still get your pants suit off and your company shut down, but the patent law be like that. Um, but it, everything in a patent is systems and methods. Uh, you know, they say that patents are intended to be read by people who are an expert in the technology. That's in fact who it's supposed to be for it. It's 
supposed to be for somebody who can implement the patent, but that's not how what's in this language is not how tech professionals talk. The, the patent is full of legalese mixed with gobbledygook. I'm going to, I'm going to read you some of these. And if you can't stand it anymore, then just interrupt me. But here is uh, one of the passages that I had to pull out. The disclosure will be described more fully here and after with reference to the accompanying drawings in which example embodiments of the disclosure are shown. This disclosure may, however, be embodied in many different forms and should not be construed as limited to the example embodiments set forth herein. It will be apparent to persons skilled in the relevant art that various changes in form and detail can be made to various embodiments without departing from the spirit and scope of the present disclosure. Thus, the breadth and scope of the present disclosure should not be limited by any of the above described example embodiments, but should be defined only in accordance with the following claims and their equivalents. I, I can't so, do this anymore. So Holy they're giving crap. They're going to give you an example, but the reality might be totally different, but that should still count. Yeah, well, what the what that language actually means to say is if we don't implement it exactly like we said, we still want it to be covered by the patent. Yeah, it's close enough. The so, example we give you will work, but then we're going to make changes and it'll still work. But this should still be the same concept. I get it. It is great reading, though. I mean, if you need to help falling asleep, that might be a good thing to read. <laughs> it, was, it was good for that. Um, so there's five diagrams attached to the patent. I'm going to I'm going to drop the the article link into the troll room. If anybody wants to follow along, there's a place in about the fourth paragraph where it links to the patent directly. Um, I would link to the patent directly, but I don't have it up and I don't want to anyway, but there's five figures in here. And I do want to describe these figures in case you don't want to look at them. Um, Every one of them is uh, in the first three, at least are an image of a car. The car has a number of black rectangles at random locations on the car, each of which is numbered Um, in the image. There is a central little cloud bubble shaped figure that is simply labeled network. There's a bunch of boxes around it with surrounding it with labels like police authority, repossession agency, lending institution, medical facility, and all the boxes are connected to the network with lightning bolts. Uh, one of them, in fact, has a crude drawing of an ambulance also connected by a lightning bolt, both to the car and to the network, which does make me wonder if this is a patent on using a lightning gun on ambulances. It might be, but I digress. Um, the last two figures are even more impressive. They are. Uh, Venn diagram style rectangles. Oh, you know, our vice president loves herself a Venn diagram. They basically explain how a computer works. Um, So this one is a repossession system computer, and it has sub boxes, processor, communication system, memory. Memory itself has repossession system client module, image processing module, sensor data evaluation module, and database. So it's how a computer works and they needed to put this information into a patent. Why? Okay. Anyway, which is questionable because one of the things you can't patent would be something that just makes logical sense that it was going to, you know, that it would have happened anyway. You know, this is one of the problems is that you can't patent something that ends up being an idea that they're like, well, this was just the natural order of things. There's nothing yeah. that special about what you're asking for. And if you're saying that this is like, use a computer, well, that seems like it's not that patentable. And the the patent law actually has an exception for what you're describing. It's it's called obviousness. 
if something is obvious, then it can't be patented. Now, I don't know if I can see the argument either way. Right now, I, I had never particularly thought, hey, if, if I have a self-driving car and I could miss a payment, it will drive itself back to the dealership. But I guarantee you there is somebody in the world who is not working at Ford who probably already thought that. In fact, probably lots of somebody, probably lots of podcasters. I just didn't happen. Yeah. And I don't understand. It's like, okay, what do you even need to drive it back for the, the most nefarious thing would be having the GPS built into not even nefarious, I guess, if somebody's trying to steal a car, but just knowing where the car is for the guys that were doing repos back in our day, you know, that was the hardest part was finding the car. Well, now if you have something built into the car, that's a GPS that lets you know where it is. Why do you need to drive that car back to the dealership? You just send a guy with the tow truck to where the car is. Oh, sure. And, and by the way, that's they, this patent covers that, which makes sense. Anyway, after, okay. So after the diagrams, there are uh, 74 paragraphs in 17 pages, Did you Say uh, 74 sorry, paragraphs, 70, 70, they're numbered. Nice. So that's in uh, 14 pages. I'm sorry. Um, describing in the vaguest terms how a computer would be integrated into a car. And they constantly refer back to the numbered rectangles. I want to read you uh, <laughs> one of these that this is why, the, by the way, why the image of the car in the figure had a bunch of rectangles all with numbers attached because uh, paragraph 56 figure four shows some example components that may be included in the repossession system computer 150 provided in the vehicle 125 in accordance with an embodiment of the disclosure some or all parts of the repossession system computer 150 may be included in the vehicle computer 145 in this example Im- implementation the repossession system computer 150 includes a processor 405 a communication system 410 detection hardware 415 and memory 420 that sounds like a computer to me it, yeah The communication system 410 can include a wireless transceiver that allows the repossession system computer 150 to communicate with various devices, such as, for example, the computer 161 in the lending institution 160, the computer 106 of the police authority, the computer 116 of the repossession agency 115, or the computer 156 of the medical facility 155, computer 3. Okay. So they're describing a modem? It's They are, and that is really frigging difficult to read i guess is my point yeah it goes and it is i mean it's crazy okay uh so next complaint about this patent um is what they determine as uh, i guess this complaint i'll say is ownership isn't what it used to be um there are a, a not a number of places where they refer over and over in this uh to the owner of the vehicle they say the owner of a vehicle may default in a payment. Uh, the owner of the vehicle might disregard the notice of payment. Uh, they say, you know, uh, these st- steps may be taken if the owner is uncooperative. And, and my first thought, and I'm sorry that I learned English before corporate newspeak changed it all, is if this person is the owner, then it's their car and you're stealing it. Right. The owner is not the owner. If it's, uh, any uh, money is still owed, it's the bank that owns it. Yeah, I, that's yeah. And if you say that, then the bank is the owner, not the person who's driving the car around. But if the person who's driving the car around is the owner of the car, they pretend then, to be the then, owner, then they're the owner of the car. And you just created and, and got approved for a patent that allows you to steal someone's car. 
Well, it is a lot less. That's not patentable. That is not original (laughs) art. People have been stealing cars for a long time. Yeah, but it's a lot less violent than carjacking. The car just goes by itself, goes away. That depends. That depends on how many red lights the auto driving system runs. But right. That's true, too. That's always my question. Like, who's going to get sued when that car going back to the dealership kills a family of six? So this patent is they are what they're actually trying to patent is putting a computer in a car. Uh, said computer disregards the, what the owner wants and only responds to commands from the cloud. Everything else. Uh, it, well, that everything would. else about what it. Huh? Yeah, that would, as Omega Project points out, make every car a hacking target, which also makes it easier. I yes. could just we could hack all these cars from our and then just have it drive wherever we want to. Yes, and that is one of the huge drawbacks to this system. Uh, which I, I had put at the end because I like to put my kicker. I like to bury my leads and put my kicker at the end, but that was definitely one of them. Is this is a hacking target? Uh, everything else in this thing is, uh, you know, there's a lot of the content of this is basically what it'll do to the car. Uh, the whole patent actually reads like a list of escalating things they'll do to you. The, the car driving away by itself was definitely the sensational one that made all the stories, but it's not, it's only the last thing. So here's a list of the things that the car will do first. The first it'll do is the car will automatically, they are trying to patent this, by the way, None of this has ever been implemented. They want to patent placing a notice of non-payment on the screen, the, the touch screen in the middle of the console. <laughs> nice. So that's the first thing they'll do. You have not paid your bill. Yeah. Um, the second thing that they'll do is annoy you with a sound. Um, another, another thing to read uh, from, the, from the list. If the owner of the vehicle 125 still fails to respond to the notice of delinquency over the second or subsequent periods of times in and or in spite of the audible warnings, the repossession system computer 150 may control various attributes of the sound in order to make the sound unpleasant, such as, for example, by varying a tone, a timber, a pitch, a cadence, a beat or a volume of the sound. The repossession system Taylor computer Swift 150 over huh? and over, or playing yeah, Taylor Swift over and over and over. Well, this patent would cover that. Yes. It's awesome. If, if it only plays the weather girls, for example. Oh, see now that people be like, I'm paying my bill. Cruel and unusual. <laughs> my bill's in the mail. The, the repossession system computer 150 may also ensure that the owner 120, they actually numbered owner on the diagram, is unable to turn off the sound without first making contact with the lending institution 160 to address the payment delinquency. So they're actually patenting turning on your radio on something you hate and making it so you can't turn it down or off until you pay. Now, the better thing is, can you swipe your credit card in front of the radio and pay your bill directly without <laughs> doing anything <laughs> No, there's else? an app. Right. Just, no. you, you can do it in the car, though. The car will take your payment and send it in. No, no, they won't put a swipe strip in the car. They'll, they'll just, it'll be Apple Pay or something like right, that. Right, because you don't need a swipe strip. You just need the, the tap and uh, get it in. Right. That's exactly so if it. the annoying sounds don't do it for you. Step three is they will disable peripheral systems such as air conditioning, radio, power windows, or GPS brakes. Uh, no, no, that's step four. <laughs> step four is they will lock you out of your car or disable the engine brakes, power steering, or lights. Well, disabling the brakes while you're going 80 miles an hour <laughs> would be my choice of uh, getting somebody to pay fast. I don't know if that would get him to pay it back, but it'd probably get him to stop driving the car very quickly. <laughs> Bail out, motherfucker. You'd be <laughs> shitting your pants right there. 
Yeah. Uh, they also, uh, for step four, the, the lockouts of primary systems, uh, they have a condition in here that says, if necessary, they will only lock you out for certain cases, such as keeping your car away from you during weekends or only when a particular driver is in the car. <laughs> so Wait. Uh, just letting you know, your car company wants this level of control over your life. Just letting you know. Doesn't everybody. So everybody that thought it was crazy that your smart television was going to be looking to try to identify who was watching. We've now gotten to the point to where cars are using sensors to decide who's in the car and deciding whether or not it wants to run. So I need a napkin. Just, what, I what did you do? Of, uh, I had a mouthful of coffee and Omega project says in the troll room, can I schedule it to take my kids? <laughs> yes. And never bring them back. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Where do you want it to take your kids? They wind up in a container ship on their way to China. So another thing that they do offer is they say lockout may be lifted momentarily in case of an emergency situation. So as to allow the vehicle to travel to a medical facility when the emergency is a medical emergency. So they've, they've made it very clear. They do not want to prevent you from having a car. If you're having a seizure or something, well, because you're totally be. safe to drive then. Well, but there would definitely be if somebody was like driving you yeah. to the hospital I, and the car wouldn't work because of this. You're like, well, I'm going to now sue the car manufacturer because I, am, I couldn't get to the hospital with my stolen yeah, car. And I am, pretty certain that that whole thing is to head off the argument of, well, you know, kind of like with cell phones, if you shut off someone's cell phone service, they're like, what if I have to make a call? And this is like, well, you know, what if I get suddenly unexpectedly pregnant and have to drive to the <laughs> hospital when my water breaks or something like that? Right. I, I mean, these are, these are concerns. So I, they, they have a, like the, the whole figure that they have lightning bolts shooting in an ambulance, I think is because they want to make <laughs> very clear that if there's a medical emergency, that you're not going to be locked out of your car then. Although the question I have is, by whose determination is it an emergency? Is If I run out of smokes, is that a medical emergency? Some people think so. Yes. And the reality <laughs> is, nine, probably more than nine times out of ten, from wherever you may be, if you have a medical emergency, you're better off calling 911 than yeah. trying to transport yourself or yeah. a friend to the hospital. I'm I'm just going to go out on a limb and say grumpy old Ben's pro tip. If you are having a medical emergency, don't try to drive. No, or have somebody <laughs> else drive. Cause here's the thing. You yeah. know, I thought about this, especially having the heart issues recently. Yeah. You, you manufacture your own medical emergencies. You have somebody to drive for you. That helps. Yeah. Well, and I have a wife and she would take me to the ER. And if that wasn't, you know, when it was like, okay, wife, I, don't, I don't feel like, uh, it was a, uh, a life or death situation at that point. But when, you know, I had that little spell last week where the heart's going 125 beats a minute. And I'm like, oh, if this doesn't slow down and if I was going to go back to the ER, I was calling nine one one. I was getting me a ride. Cause if I go out, you know, if, if she's driving the car and I got to grab her going, then it's going to take another five, 10 minutes to get to the hospital. If it goes on in the, in the uh, ambulance, they got fucking ways to zap you back to life, man. You are getting care while you're on your way, which is the difference. See, you're thinking rationally, but yes. you're not thinking financially. One no. of the reasons why people drive themselves to the hospital is because that ride in the hot ambulance costs like ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. But it is such a great ride. And it's weird. I don't know why. Maybe it's with the insurance. But I took an ambulance twice from this house once when I thought it was maybe a heart attack and it was the gallbladder. And the other time. 
when I thought it was a stroke and it ended up being a migraine, but the symptoms were there neither time never got a fucking bill. So I don't know if it's like but our was town it insurance or I don't, I, I'm maybe the insurance paid something. Maybe it's just a service because, that the town provides. Cause it's a town service. Uh, oh, maybe, but it's like, yeah, That's it's never possible. I'm like, never got a bill. So I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever. This is a good ride. Pro room is saying $900 EMT rides. I'm, I'm sorry. If, I am about one mile through city streets to the nearest hospital. Yeah, but it's a dangerous city. And oh, it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure that the, the cost is probably higher because of the number of meth heads and tents in the road <laughs> that they have to dodge. But um, it, it, I'm not kidding you. If I called an ambulance right now and needed to be transported to the hospital one mile away, it would be 15,000 minimum. Damn. You're like, I'll just walk. Now, theoretically, insurance covers that. But despite Barack Obama's best attempts, not everybody has insurance. And in fact, when everything is getting crazy expensive and companies are laying off left and right, more people than ever don't have insurance right now. So it's a concern. Will a self-driving repossession still bring it back to the mothership if there's a meth head inside? I want to know. I Well, it's free transport for the meth head. The, the dealership is then contractually obligated to feed the habit, I think. Oh, yeah. That they have to, well, you have to keep the meth head alive. I saw an article and I didn't read. It was just a uh, the headline. So I know those can be deceiving. But according to the headline, New York City currently paying $10 million a day to feed and house the migrants that they have going on right now. $10 million yeah, a how's day. How's that compared to El Paso? Uh, well, El Paso's got a lot more. There's no question about it, but they, they probably uh, give them a little less service down there. New York yeah. wants to roll out like, hey, we'll just put you in the four seasons. That'll be good. Yeah, New York just has the 200 migrants that were bust up from El Paso, but still somehow they're inefficient enough to spend $10 million yeah. on. Them. I believe it. I wouldn't doubt the same thing with Chirac, baby. That's why people are starting to lose their jobs. That's why Larry Lightfoot's gone. That's why some of these politicians better start understanding Ish. what's the world around them is going on. The, the woke shit's going to stop. Out there. Yeah. It's getting but serious. I will tell you, if, if, if my car locks down because I didn't pay for it and I really, you know, one of the things that I'm going to try to do at that point is figure out how to hack the module so that I can declare an emergency to drive to the grocery store. Well, I'm just going to hack whoever my neighbor is with the best car. I'm hacking their module and just taking their car. Yeah, maybe. So then step five, the top one is the one that everybody was talking about. The car drives itself to the dealership or impound lot if it's equipped with autonomous driving. Now, from this show, we already know that autonomous driving is still five years away and will forever be. Yeah, well, no, no, it doesn't matter when you hear the show. The yeah. autonomous driving is still five years away. If you're listening to this show in 2028, just know that it will still be five years away. Yeah. 2048, but five years away. So step five is uh, if the car is equipped with autonomous driving, it will drive itself to the dealership, the impound lot, or to a scrapyard if the car's real owner determines that it's not resellable. So they, uh, they actually put in the patent that it will drive itself to a scrapyard if they decide they don't want to resell it. Wait, this is, that's just fucking mean. I know. So he's got a poor guy who can't pay for his piece of shit car that the dealer doesn't want. But since you can't pay for it, they would rather have it impounded and destroyed. They would rather take it and have it destroyed than let the the quote unquote owner use it. Dude, that's harsh. (laughs) So as mentioned, uh, the security thing is my first question. And obviously we can't really speak to that because the this system hasn't been implemented. It's just a patent. 
But, you know, what happens if the system gets hacked? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I misspoke. What happens when the system gets hacked and now you've got car thieves who are activating this system and having it drive to their impound lot? Yes. Uh, or, you know, even if you think, oh, no, Ford, they're a great technology company. I'm sure that Ford has the best engineers and they'll never get hacked. <laughs> um, what happens if there's a dispute? What happens if if they say you owe money and you say you don't owe money and it's in going to arbitration? Are they going to lock your car down while they while you're waiting for your court date? Yes. I wouldn't be surprised. They have the power to, according to this system. Um, what if there's a disgruntled employee? What if there's somebody at a Ford who's just really, really pissed because they, you know, they laid off all of his coworkers and then they killed his uh, union benefits. And now his they're cutting back on it. And he's just really pissed off. And he's like, screw this database. I'm going to lock down every Ford vehicle everywhere. That would be hilarious to do just to like see what the freeways do. But yeah, but you I know mean, would be even better. <clears throat> Hack the vehicles. And I'm assuming they have the uh, GPS abilities. Hack the vehicles and send them to a parking lot five miles from where they are in a random direction. <laughs> Everybody's car just moves. It's like a big game of fire drill. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's suddenly cars. Every car is in a different lot. That, uh-huh. that would oh, be awesome. It'd be the apocalypse. I mean, really, because you could do that now if you had that ability, even in a like a grocery store parking lot, just to move it like three rows away, people would never find their fucking car. And even if you think that every single Ford employee is just going to be perfectly happy, they would never do that. The system is impenetrable. It can't be hacked. You know what? Okay, but I might not know about that. I know about software development. And coders write bugs. What happens when there's a bug in the system? There will be. Your safety is at fault. Just imagine Uh, if Windows 95, when it crashed, your heart stopped. I mean, just imagine. That's basically what you'll have when it happens in a vehicle that you're in. Oh, my God. Well, like there was a brief moment when somebody thought it was a good idea to put windows on pacemakers. Yeah, that's bad. (laughs) It's a really bad idea. Do not let these things be hackable. Yeah. So here's my recommendation after having read through this is that we and and we have definitely got away from this in in this country, in this current world. Uh, we need to go back to the days when people knew how to maintain their own cars. Uh, you know, when I was very young, it was very important that my father taught me how to change the oil in my car, how to lift it up, how to change the shocks, how to, you know, uh, change a tire how to pull bits out of the engine, put other things in. I, my first car, I knew how to maintain my current car. I know how to maintain, but it's a little more difficult because the, the, and the distance between the engine and the side of the engine compartment is about a quarter of a centimeter, but I, I could theoretically do it. But modern cars and especially with modern drivers treat their cars like a black box. It's, Oh, uh, I push button start and tell it go and it goes and I don't know anything. And if it needs help, I have to drive to the dealership and pay a thousand dollars just to park in front of the service and more if they ever if they actually open the hood. Black boxes are how we got into this problem. Everybody putting a smartphone in the car that works for somebody that isn't the owner um, not having a clue. We need to go back to the time when people know how to maintain and modify their own cars. 
because one piece of absolutely critical, necessary self-maintenance on every Ford car from the moment this gets implemented is knowing how to disable the repossession system before you take ownership of the car. Yeah, well, knowing how the uh, sensors work, knowing how all this stuff works and yeah, how to there will be that'll be the first thing the hackers figure out how to turn this shit off. There's probably be a wire you have to go snip. Although the question is, then will the car as a whole still work or will you have to then you might, this might be like the old days when, uh, you know, like with direct TV, you could buy something to like reprogram. So you fooled it. That might be what you have to do with your car, like reprogram something to make it think it's still connected to the mothership, but it's not in, in V1. I think just snipping the wire will do. And then eventually the automakers are going to start making cars that try to disable themselves. And, People will figure out how to reconnect a different wire and re-enable it. And, it, you know, it's going to be an arms race. And eventually it's going to be like Bomb Squad, where if you snip the wrong wire, your car just explodes. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> like, that's it. You, you, you do not want to hack your car. Or maybe you do. I kind of do. Unfortunately, One of the first thing with my car, which I got to admit, the car that I have is a 2001 uh, GM, which I bought new in 2001. And it came with an OnStar system. And I evaluated the OnStar system for like three weeks. And I even tried making a couple calls just for shits and giggles to see how it worked. What would the user experience was? And then I went, nope, don't want this. And it had, I think, a three-month free trial. And I told them, you know, when they said, uh, so should we charge your credit card? I'm like, what credit card? Oh, the one we got from the dealership. The fucking dealership gave OnStar my credit card. <laughs> nice. Okay, fine. No, don't charge me. I don't want your service. Cancel. Are you sure you want to cancel? Yes. I I was on the OnStar system, so I was talking to a person at the time. Then the next thing I did was I went into the trunk where the OnStar computer is, and I pulled the wires. And that thing has never been connected since. Nope. That's the main thing. We One we've been driving right now is a 2002 Buick. Nothing says podcaster more than driving around oh. in a 2002 oh, so you Buick. you got a newer car yeah. compared to my 2001 Buick. Yeah, and she's uh, all, the wife's also got uh, all the batteries dead, so I need to uh, get that thing charged, jumped to go get a new battery. We also have a 2013 Impala that was my wife's grandmother's, which the wife, since she was working now, I mean, literally a mile away now, but she used to work quite far from home. So the yeah, Impala's used to got be a commuter vehicle. Yeah. It's got like 140,000, 150,000 miles on it. So that one's been, that yeah. one's been beat up well, a little I bit tell more. You what, my, my Buick has almost 200 on it. And the vast majority of those happened between here and Redmond. Those things just keep going and they're just comfy. Grueling miles. Yeah. But they're nice cars. They're still, they don't make them today. Like they did then. No, no. No, my car is made of metal. Yes. You never find one of those anymore. <laughs> you, can, you can crash into like five self-driving cars. You won't even notice. Oh, my gosh. One of the first times that I ever tested that was uh, I, I may have allegedly brake checked somebody who was being a total dipshit. <laughs> and uh, oh, he was he was in his daddy's Honda Accordion and uh, decided that you know he wanted to cut me off. And I, you know, got around him because, of course, I, I don't have to be heavy on the accelerator. I just have to be smarter, which is not hard. And he get he ends up in behind me and he's pissed off about it and he's flashing his lights, which I can't tell that he's flashing his lights because I can't see his headlights. He's so damn close to my bumper and he's swerving back and forth and honking. And finally, I, you know, may have allegedly uh, seen something in the road that I had to stop suddenly for safety first. And every crumple zone on the front of that Honda, you worked. 
and, and the back of the, the Buick, how much damage? I took it in. I took it into the dealership afterward and I said, or the body shop and said, I got in a, a rear end collision. Can you check out this? And he says, I can't find any damage. <laughs> yes. You're like, thank you very much. American ingenuity. <laughs> yeah. American making shit out of steel. Yes. Yeah. Crumple this. You don't need crumple zones when you don't crumple at all. Well, I, I have crumple zones on my car. I keep them on the other car. Right. That's much safer. That's the best place to keep them. Way safer. You can just put like a big pool noodle around the outside. You'll be fine. It's like a big bumper oh, yeah. car. Yeah. There's a reason I called that a Honda Accordion because that's exactly what the front end of that car looked like afterward. I bet you that young child learned not to drive aggressively in the future. Oh, dad was very, very hostile and might have even started <laughs> shit, except that son had called dad and then called a cop. Ah, so there was a cop there. And the funny thing is the cop is like, okay. Amused. You know what happened? Uh, okay. So uh, my, my girlfriend at the time was in the car uh, who uh, she's my ex-girlfriend now because she's my wife, but um, <laughs> takes her aside. And she was the only one who was totally calm. And the cop had taken my statement, had taken the kid's statement, had taken dad's statement. And then the cop takes her aside and she was the only one. She'd been calm the whole time. She'd been trying to, you know, okay, whatever. And the cop says, okay, he knows what happened. He knows what happened. He knows what happened. She knows what happened. You know what happened. And I know what happened. So tell me what happened. (laughs) Give me one more stroke on this one. So yeah, uh, and then the other the other remedy that I would offer for uh, a bullshit patents like this is an overhaul of the patent system. Not going to happen, but I can dream. <laughs> yeah, dream on all that. The world is not going to change anytime. Yeah, it's only getting worse. Technology built into self-driving vehicles, autonomous vehicles, if you will. But I think the best thing is just you have a container ship waiting to leave for whatever foreign country it is, and you drive the vehicles you hack right onto the boat and then leave. Yeah, well, or you don't even have to do that. That takes manpower to drive each vehicle. No, you just make the vehicles drive themselves. Right. You hack them, you make them go, you boom, you're done. In fact, you don't even, you know, you don't even have to go through all the difficult part of writing the code for that. You just be like, chat GPT, write me code that hacks Fords. And even if they catch the car, how can they prove you hacked it? This is like no problem. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't I know. Didn't hack it. Yeah. The IP address was from Bing. These 50 cars all showed up on my land. I don't know. This would be, a, this is even better than ordering pizzas for somebody you don't oh like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Driving 50 vehicles to their house and surrounding them. I'm just saying, uh, you know, this is more about one of my peeves about the erosion of the first sale doctrine saying the, the idea that somebody will sell you a product, sell you a product, call you the owner, and yet they retain full control over it. If they do, you're not the owner. They still own it. And what the hell did you pay for? Yeah. Congratulations. You bought, you're renting something until you, you pay a your car phone. off. The bank owns it or you the rent dealership. Your phone, you rent your Tesla, you rent your self-driving cars. You rent all of these things. You rent your John Deere tractor. Well, I would, if I had farmland, <laughs> these are the kind of ideas that people listen to grumpy old Ben's and then go, Hey, I got some value out of this because we are indeed a value for value podcast. I don't know if you knew that. I I've heard the concept, but I don't remember exactly what it means. Do you want to explain it? Sure. We put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to listen to them. And then you have to ask yourself, Hey self, did I get any value out of this show whatsoever? Did I laugh? Did I learn something? Did I enjoy a rant? Did I add to a rant? Did I make Ryan Bemrose spit coffee out his nose? If so, 
you may have gotten some value out of this. And you can go to our website, grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate and find the donate button if you want to use PayPal. Some people do. Some people hate it. Kind of like taking a statin. You can click on it for a one-time or monthly donation. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. You can use the P.O. Box address if you want to go the snail mail route. And if you are using a podcasting 2.0 app, you can boost. Send a boostergram, all that kind of fun stuff. Newpodcastapps.com. And if you're on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash grumpy old bends. All those are ways to get some value back to us. And we do have now I'm I'm sad because I don't know when this person's going to hear this episode. I I okay, I'm starting to think this street sweeper outside is joyriding. <laughs> is, is it a, is there a uh it's been- going back and forth sweeping this one street for an hour now i'm telling you it's either an fbi vehicle it's somebody hacked it there's some oh, that kids. might be it might be my feds they're like we're just we're watching this podcast very closely here but i don't know when this person who sent in a donation is going to hear this but i have an actual letter oh my gosh yeah physical came, paper yeah they came in the mail because uh does not like the paypal this person i heard her name I- on I no relate. agenda, I said her name on uh, Planet Rage, but since we didn't do a show last week, this is Loretta Vandenberg. Says ITM gentlemen. That means in the morning. If you're not a no agenda fanatic, and if you're not, you should listen to no agenda. No agenda show dot net, I believe. She says ITM. I'm, I'm still right. working my way through the older episode. She does not say where oh she is. Oh my gosh. Though. She does not say Here, where. Okay, she here's is. my tip. Listen at two x speed. You might have an aneurysm during some of my rants, but you'll get through them faster. Yeah, the speed, the speediness, it's uh, you can you have to take it easy. You have to take a little break between each one. She says, I was thrilled when you started to make more episodes. I'll catch up eventually. See, I thought she would have been the one that's like, thank goodness they stopped. I'll finally get to the end. In fact, that was the reason we stopped was to give her a chance to finally catch up. Yeah, to be polite, to try to give Rhett the chance to catch up. But she comes in today with $200 in check form. Wow. Which means you don't got to pay nothing to those bastards at PayPal. No percentage to the crypto gods. No, just just the IRS, because we yes. both have the, the skin color for audits. Yeah, I know. I know. And we actually have to do that kind of paperwork. It's like nice when people are like, oh, you're a podcaster. You don't have to pay taxes. I'm like, are you kidding me? What? Like, are you kidding me? Do you, gotta- do you think the IRS will not send people with guns to my door yes. if I don't give them their VIG? Yeah, because they notice when those checks go into the account. They notice when it goes into your PayPal. It no- They notice everything. You yes. can't have sadly grumpy old Ben's has made more than $600 this year. Yes. I mean, not much, but I mean, a little not, more, not by much like six Oh five, but we appreciate your support Rhett, and that you're listening. I mean, you may be the only person ever to listen from episode one all the way through and never miss one. I haven't even done that. I know that's why would we do that? That's not fun. You're like, this is way too much like work, but it is very much appreciated to have that kind of support. It does definitely help give us a little bit of a boost you know it's uh there have been some lean weeks and we all get it because uncle joe's economy has sucked so we're not we're not the kind that are gonna be like oh gee give us every last penny you can but it's nice yeah donations the value for value donations have been down across the board for every show yes and you're never going to hear more whining about it than you hear on say the show that 
makes the most. I, I, you know what? I, I don't want to throw shade. Sir Sean of the Allegheny but, Valley coming in also with his $25 a month monthly donation, which is always appreciated. Brian Janak. These are the, uh, the folks that are remaining here are the folks that are over on Patreon where we don't give you anything extra. It's just, if you're there, you, uh, you can just send us some cash there. It makes it easier. It's just another outlet. And uh, Brian Janak with his $10, Stephen McConnell, Dennis Woods, Manny Shevitz, and Stevie all coming in with their $5 a month. It is very much appreciated. If you want to get involved in all that fun, just go to grumpyoldbenz.com slash donate. As I said, all of the information is there. And if you're like, damn, Joe Biden's fucked me in the ass. Well, then just tell a friend about the show. Support uh, it that if way. If you did, if you take it to Fox News, they can make a whole segment out of it. Well, let's see if we could get featured on Fox News, then we would be we'd be in the money right there. Yeah. Well, we'd have then, all yeah, those. Are they still paying for sensationalist bullshit? Probably. They'd be like, this is a January 6th kind of podcast. Come listen here. We have all 40,000 hours of the video that uh, Tucker has available. We'll be talking about oh, God. it. Who the hell wants to watch that? Nobody. <laughs> How can you even? I mean, that's so much. So much video, I, but I I'd think, rather listen to grumpy old Ben's from show one. Yes. than watch 40,000 hours of the Capitol video. Yeah. Although it sounds like the video, the reason that the, the Democrats don't like that all the video is getting out there is because it's really painting a different picture. Go figure Be, because it shows that they're lying sacks of shit who yeah. decided to stage the entire thing as the Reichstag fire in order to try to keep Trump out of office and that a vast majority of the people involved were basically touristing walking through. Well, duh, we do have a few I mean, that's the vast too. majority of people in you know, any kind of thing like this. Yes. And I have to forget, we got two boostergrams during the show. One from lavish, you know, him from the behind the squeams podcast. He's the California kid. He does the show with the Mothman of the Minneapolis. And he said, it's a citation needed boost. 88, 88. And then a Carol. No, I'm sorry. Net net. I thought Carolyn came in with something. Where did I see that? Net net uh, came I in see- with 77, 77 said some sevens for the grumpiest extra white guys. I know. Yeah. I see one from Carolyn 8888. You know, that came, no, no. Yeah, that came. Okay. So maybe that's why there's no notes. So it doesn't show up in telegram, but it, I think at the boost spot showed it in the, uh, in the chat room. See, this is all weird stuff. If there's no note, then I guess the nice folks over at uh, Satoshi stream go. That's not important, but the boost spots <laughs> yeah. like it is, it's important. Well, it, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, the notes, I absolutely love reading the notes. Please keep sending those in. It makes for show content. And as you can tell, we're clearly lean on show content. We're always scraping the bottom of the barrel for can, something to talk about. Right. We never could figure but, out what to talk about. But if you ask me, the important part is the money, not the note. And we appreciate that, Carolyn Blaney of the Hog yes. Story Blaney's. Yes. Is that yes. once a Thank week you. now or five times a week? It's always hard to know. Uh, Hog Story is, uh, I believe, anytime that they want to. See? Whenever they damn well please, I believe, is their schedule. That is but a good schedule. But also Monday nights. Yeah, that is a good schedule to have. Yes. Whenever they damn and well please, they have their own damn stream, too. So there's always some kind of old jazz music Sunday going on. After no agenda. They do a lot of those. Yeah. I think there's payola involved there. I have to investigate the guy who is uh, behind that. I think he's living large on the money coming in from the uh, no agenda stream payola. We'll break that story here <laughs> on grumpy old Ben's. 
Yes. And by the way, if you can find some money in that, please let me know because I could use some. <laughs> yes, I did do it. I, I like the when I told everybody, I think during the uh, rock and roll pre-show that the way to get your show onto the no agenda stream is to find Ryan Bemrose on social media and to contact him there to which you said that's when you change your social media addresses usually. Yeah, if, if enough people figure out how to contact me, I've definitely got to change my account. Yeah, it's a moving system. It very much is hearkening back to the pirate radio days of old where you didn't want to be found. Yeah, well, I can't make it easy. No, you, you have to you set need the to bar. be able to put in some effort. You need to show that you've really worked to try to. Yeah, this isn't repossessing your car with the push of a button. No, you have to work for this. You got to show you're serious and you got to show that your show There's a lot of shows in that sentence deserve to be heard. Which means edit your damn podcast. Uh, okay, Pandrew. <laughs> of course, I, I argued that with him in the other direction. So I got to just keep people guessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little behind on that particular podcast. And I just recently got to the one where he's like, uh, when I was talking about editing my show and I got a lot of pushback, especially on planet rage. Yeah, baby. When planet rage calls you out, you know, you have to pay attention. Something like that. And then but Bandrew came not- in with a plan. That was like episode number 68. And we harassed Bandrew in such a fun way. And then for episode 69, if you've gotten to that one yet, Bandrew came in with a $69 donation. I'm like, wait a minute. Wow. You just okay. have to harass people to get them to donate. I mean, that's- well, in that case, Bandrew, stop editing so much. Right. Your show is fine the way it is. And if you disagree, then donate. Right. Let us know. We're, we're on show what? 200 something. So, oh, yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of shows. He does good work. I like his stuff. I'm not going to call you out for uh, editing. Uh, if you want to edit your podcast, you're just introducing yourself more work. I learned this one firsthand with Angry Tech News, where, for example, the Angry Tech News I put out yesterday, I was so incredibly blasted on caffeine. Um, I had run out of my usual grind and I didn't feel like grinding anymore because I was running late and I had to get the show ready. So I borrowed some of my wife's instant. Ooh. And what she didn't tell me was that it was like a, a freeze dehydrated something fancy, which meant that you were supposed to use a teaspoon and not a tablespoon. Is there a lot of caffeine in this? I was so destroyed. I just, I, I stumbling <laughs> over my words. And you know what? I got to the end of it and I'm like, don't even care. Releasing the audio. Everybody gets to hear what I sound like when my heart is going faster than Darren's. Yeah. You got to watch these things. We could both you, have grabbers talking about live. having an extra beat. Yeah, I had a lot of extra beats like it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. I can feel it. And hey, you know what? I did the show anyway, because uh, trying to do that over. This was one of the reasons why I moved that show to live was so that I didn't have the urge to go back and say, I hate it all. I want to record the whole thing again because that's effort. That's work. But you know what? If you're into recording your podcast seven times, Bandrew, <laughs> then go ahead and do it. And put out the best one you can have. And the beauty of doing it live on the no agenda stream is when you do your 30 minute, 40 minute show and go, oh, fuck, I didn't hit record. There's probably somebody on the stream like, yeah, I got it. Don't worry. I got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, ISO bot from Cotton Gin. You can just say, ISO, give me the last 30 minutes and it'll give you the whole MP3. How much does that actually uh, capture? What, I have no there, idea. There's got to be a limitation on that, but I, I do know that if it, if it's willing to do the last 30 minutes, then cotton gin is going to go in and change that really soon. Now that I've suggested it. Yes. How much did, di- well, it depends on much disc space that actually takes up because an hour yeah. isn't a lot. 
and imagine that's like a whole pot. I mean, the pod father and if, you know, anytime there's an issue there, having that ability that it's always being recorded, that would be something worth paying for. That may not be a bad way for cotton gin to make is. some money. One well, on, uh, on uh, one of the recent podcasting 2.0, Adam actually said, uh, how can I give money to this yes. isobot? Because yes. this is an incredible service. And I agree. If, if you haven't got it yet, Cotton Gin, set up a node and set it up so you can take splits because that is an invaluable service. That's incredible. Yeah, I've used it already for pulling an ISO because rather than going back and going, okay, I'll wait till no agenda drops and then I know where it is kind of in the show and I can use the transcript, but then I have to go edit it from that. Getting an MP3 immediately with that audio that I just have to trim up a little bit, way easier. Yes. Yeah, it is easier than going in and just editing the whole thing. Uh huh. And we are and lazy. It's faster too. Yeah, we're lazy bastards. That's all oh, we yeah. know. Appeal to laziness all the time. So, do you have anything no, else for today's show I, before we? Uh, I, I will recommend, by the way, if you do go back and listen to my angry tech news from yesterday, that uh, I don't often give this advice, but do not, under any circumstances, listen to an overcaffeinated Bemrose on two x speed. Does it put you into a different? Like, uh, uh, according dimension. to NetNet, it will give you heart palpitations. I've already got those. Well, no, actually, they're gone now <laughs> since uh, since I stopped taking the statin. And I've been asking on uh, No Agenda Social, I asked during the random thoughts, if anybody has any information on the correlation between the heart issues, palpitations, racing heart, and the, and, and particularly and the, fast. the Crestor, Ruva statin, but any statin, really. I'm interested in that information especially because my cardiologist is very animate that it's not the problem and uh, i may be one of those bastards who really likes to prove people wrong you you might be but yes i don't know if if you listen to adam on the last four or five no agenda shows your heart palpitations were caused by people listening to your podcast at 2x speed it probably is exactly that stop that you're doing me harm listen at one time speed you or, need, you know, or 0.25. Yes. Yeah, slow slow let's, it down. Let's see if we can improve Darren's heart health. Everybody listen to Darren very slowly. How are you doing? I wonder what that'll sound like know. at three times the speed. It might I, sound like a normal person. I have an opinion on that. Uh, I, I, I don't know if you want to talk about that at all. Which it's, you have an opinion about everything. Which opinion is I, this? Oh, just the, 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 I, I think that the rants on uh, on listening at over speed that we're getting from No Agenda have, have have started to wear thin. I understand why people listen at faster speeds. I do agree that it will make it harder to find a deep fake as the deep fakes get better. But I don't think most people care about finding a deep fake. Yeah, I, I, I kind of assume that everybody's lying to me, whether they're an AI or a person. Right. And I understand that people only have so much time and they're like, I want to hear what you, I mean, it's no matter how people are listening to the show, I'm honored that they're listening to the shows that I do. Yes. And if they want the information that I'm putting out there, then that is good. And if they have to listen to it a little bit faster, I don't necessarily care, but it all depends on what you find to be comfortable. Now I could listen to easily. Some people at 1.25 speed and not notice a problem. Now, if you try listening to Ben Shapiro at 2.5 speed, then you might find that it's really too fast. Or, you won't know what he's saying. And then you're going to lose some things. And it's going to sound really choppy. Or Bemrose. Right. So there, 
I, I do happen to be in the category of people who speak a little bit fast. Yes. Which makes it better. That mean that maybe is why people should listen to our show at a reasonable speed. But boosting it up a little bit, I don't think is horrible. But people that do things at like two times speed, I've done that oh. a few times when I had to just get the information and it literally just did not hurt. feel good. Yes. Now, no, okay. So one thing I will do is I will re-listen to something I've already heard at 2x speed. And you maybe like, um, I need to find where they said something so I can pull a clip or do something like that. Yeah, th- that certainly happens. And um, there are certain shows, not going to name names, where the people simply have a very slow cadence. And I talk fast and I think fast and I process fast. And I can get full retention or at least as much retention as I want from the podcast by going fast. So the the main arguments against at least the ones that I keep hearing over and over again, every no agenda episode is, uh, you know, one is you don't get full comprehension. Uh, I think that there's probably a lot to that. There's because in order to comprehend, you have to both hear and comprehend the words. And then your brain needs a little bit of time to absorb the meaning behind the words. And if everything you hear is all really fast and you only hear it once and then then you're not getting the time to process you're you're absorbing the words and then more words come in to absorb. And then you never get time to actually understand what's going on. However, I think that's a little different for everybody. Oh, it is. I think. And, and it definitely, it depends much more on the podcaster. And you know, it depends example, on what you're doing at the same time. There are some people that can't help but like scroll through news stories while listening to a podcast. I can't do yeah, that. If you're I'm, splitting your attention. Yeah. <laughs> Then your comprehension is out the window. Yes. If you're trying to listen at like 1.5 speed and read something else at the same time. No. Oh, no. You know, I will put on podcasts in the background while I'm doing something else and just kind of let it flow over me. And I know that I miss stuff. And that, by the way, is why my podcatcher has a rewind button. It's also why most podcasters will say something like five times. Well, they do that anyway, sometimes because they forget it. (laughs) <laughs> that could That's be my excuse. All right. You didn't have enough I never caffeine. Remember if I told you, right. You got to have more caffeine, man, more caffeine, more caffeine. <laughs> That's the answer to everything is more caffeine. And then the other argument that Adam has given is the idea that if, if every single thing you listen to is very, very fast, then you encounter someone in the real world and they talk at a normal rate. And it sounds so glacial. Then you get, irritated or irritable with them yes and i guess my response to that is is first of all who are you to assume that any of us are meeting people in the real world right what is the real world what is this real world you speak of secondly i was irritable long before podcasting that's not what did it for me no no we have proof of that go back to episode one i don't know i i Nothing that that has been said on that topic has changed how I listen to shows uh, and how I listen to shows is my own damn business. And as far as I'm concerned, how you listen to Grumpy Old Ben's is your own damn business. If you feel like you can get the full benefit of a Bem rant or of a tech story by listening at 7x speed, then first of all, you're an AI, but more power to you. Yeah. Just donate anyway. donate i mean really that's the most important thing right there is donate 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 because you are too stupid to use this (laughs) see 
That what? was that was, was that sped up. Yes, of course it was sped up. Okay, I was gonna say that. <laughs> You're like, wait, didn't sound, what? I, I remember me? saying that, but that didn't sound like me. See, and then, or if now for the people that are listening at a really high speed, you are too stupid to use this. <laughs> now that everybody, if you, you know, it'll confuse everything when people are listening back now. Oh, I'm I'm confused. It's <laughs> am I. So it's a good time to bid you adieu. And tell you that, God willing, we will be back next week on Wednesday for another edition of the Grumpy Old Bands podcast. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where, like I said, my Drobo's dead. So, man, I hope the uh, power supply I'm getting tomorrow fixes it. And from America's left coast, where I podcast live at 2x speed, I'm Ryan Pembrose.